This week on Rear of the Grid, a race so bad it kills the internet. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rear of the Grid. As always, I am your host, Matt. Looking forward to the quarterfinals of the NBA in-season <laughs> tournament. I was thinking to myself, there haven't been enough tangents on this podcast. It's been all too much. Oh, always. Well, I've decided, you know what, in the last year, I've decided, especially now that there's only two of us, I deserve to give myself a little byline as well, like I often try to give for you or let you speak. So, yeah, I'm going to start giving myself little lines. Joining me, as ever, is my good friend, Jashan. What are you looking forward to today, Jashan? Shit, my next coffee, bro. I mean, you know how it goes on this podcast. Caffeine has been a theme for a long time. I love a good bean, Matt. I love That's a good such bean. Such a depressing answer. I need my bean. What you've got to look forward to is your next... Yeah, you do love some bean juice, mate. And on this week's show, we hand out our end-of-year grades. Jashan's uh, favourite, most inspirational moment is redacted. And what is our race of the year? Because let's be real, we already know Driver. All that and more on this, the season finale of Rear of the Grid. Here we are, back for another week. Uh, for the final time this year, I imagine, uh, with our review of the 2023 Formula One season. It is done. Obviously, Abu Dhabi, oh, what a week and a half ago now. Uh, all done and dusted. Max Verstappen, champion of the world. Red Bull, well, sorry, Max Verstappen, constructors champion of the world. <laughs> all, all good shit. You pl- you clearly planned this out very, very well, Matthew. Well, I never, I never planned this part. Out. <laughs> I mean, I know what you say. Yeah, so we're here, we're here. We'll, it'll be our usual uh, season review sort of format because uh, we've actually, I don't think we did grades last year because we were a bit pushed for time. But we actually, we actually have time this time. We've been organised for once, which is incredible. Yes. Considering we had a, a stretch where we couldn't record for like a month straight. Yeah, look back at each of the drivers' sort of seasons, hand out some grades, then we'll obviously do our usual swathe of awards. But let's let's get a cracker lacking. Do you mind if I? Sorry, sorry, to interrupt. But do you mind if I ask you a question first before we get stuck into the bulk of this podcast? Oh yeah, knock your knock your socks off. Oh thank you, I shall. I'm also not currently wearing socks, so the point is moot. But have you enjoyed this year of Formula One, Matthew? No. Ah, uh, <laughs> not not as I've enjoyed it more than I've perhaps made it seem. But, like, I mean, I've not unenjoyed it. It's not like I'm like, uh, I've definitely not been it. I absolutely cannot stop because there's been some enjoyable races and that I've enjoyed those when it happened. And I, like, a, a good championship fight helps. I am someone, and maybe this comes from my decades-long following of cycling where I've always been able to, yes, a nice close GC battle for the Tour de France is nice, but even if... Tade Pogaccia is winning it by fucking seven light years. As long as each individual day provides something interesting in the context of who wins that day, mm. the whole event can still be enjoyable. 
So yes, Max Verstappen has blitzed away individual for individual races though. Like we had some really good races down the back stretch that probably dragged this Formula One season as a whole up from like but maybe a failing grade to like a solid like B or something. But if I put it in context of a bunch of other sports for this year, like basketball I've enjoyed more, cycling I've enjoyed more, probably like round ball football I've enjoyed more, arguably both domestic footy seasons I've enjoyed more. Yeah. So uh, IndyCar I enjoyed more, the junior categories I enjoyed more. So uh, it's it's sort of probably sitting at just above the point of the curve the Lion Brad start to drop into sports I didn't enjoy this year. Yeah, it's just, it's just below the that, that par mark. Slightly below par, you would say. Much like the, uh, the, the new fish taco from the Mexican restaurant uh, next to my bar. Um, slightly below par. You know, it's not great. That's, Too much mango. Something I think that's fair. That's just... That's something I'd find hard to trust in um, the first place. A fish taco? A fish taco from a Mexican restaurant in Fitzroy. I just mm. I don't know about that. I, oh I mate, mate, I am gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna knock your socks off the next time you come to Melbourne Lab because there are some very, very, very good Mexican restaurants in Fitzroy. Oh superb. Frankie tortas and tacos, mate. Pop one down. <laughs> it's very, very impressive. Uh, no. <laughs> now should we do this in reverse order of construction constructor or in like descending, ascending or condescending order? <laughs> What's condescending order? Uh, it's a reference that probably only I get to appreciate unless Ben happens to listen to these podcasts. Uh, is it a, um, a cultaholic reference? It is a cultaholic reference. I vote for ascending, but it's up to you, obviously. Yes, I also vote for ascending. In which case, Jashan, I'm going to ask you to flip that coin you apparently have on hand and oh. also to... You know what? I'll make the call. Tell me when you're about to flip it. Flipping. All right, I'm going heads. It was tails. All right, would you like to start first or go, would you like to, yeah, would you like the evens or the odds, I guess? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll start first, and I guess I'm talking about Haas, aren't I? You sure are. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> it sure is. <coughs> okay, so obviously the team, uh, I assume we're doing team grades and driver grades, right? Yes, yes, we talk about the teams and the drivers. Let's be perfectly candid, Matthew. Uh, this season was um, a horror show for the American outfit, led by yes. Mr. Gene. Uh, and Gunther Steiner, who for the first time, I think, in my time watching Formula One, Gunther hasn't given us an iconic moment this year. He hasn't been, um, you know... Correct. He hasn't been a shining light that he normally is. To kind of ah, oh, you know what? There's a there, there is a reason that Haas are on the grid, because it's certainly not their drivers. Um, I've given Kevin Magnussen a D plus. Sorry, Haas, I should say an F. Obviously, yep. um, they they regressed this season. I think they well, twenty five points less than last year, which is a bummer. Uh, yes, thirty seven points last year, only twelve this year. Oh, I've nailed. And the most maths. notably, only one point since the mid season break. Yeah. Scored by your boy K Mag, who again I gave an I gave a D plus to. I've given Hulkenberg a C plus just because his qualifying performances were very impressive. Um, but this is this is something that I wanna I wanna mention. So 
Uh, Haas brought out the upgrade package. I forget when exactly. I think it might have been the US Grand Prix in Austin. And not only did they fail to improve the car by a lot, but allegedly, according to Mr. Hulkenberg, they actually made the car worse. Uh, to the point where Hulkenberg went back to the old spec car for the last couple of races of the season. So they're just a poor man's Aston Martin. Yeah, no, exactly right. And I think I think if you're willing to to fuck up your well, if you're capable of fucking up that badly, then yes, F is the only way to do it. So F for Haas, yeah. D plus Aston, Aston Martin without all the success. Yeah, uh, D plus for K Max. I was similar. I also gave Haas an F. Just mm. no way around it. Like, yeah, I had them a little bit higher than that mid-season when they were sitting eighth, but one point in the entire second half of the season, which led AlphaTauri and Alfa Romeo, who, like, AlphaTauri's had a really great second half of the year. Yeah. Alfa Romeo were pretty fucking underwhelming as well second half, and they still did enough to claw their way kicking and screaming past Haas. Um, just, uh, I think you've been too lenient on the drivers. Mm. I gave Magnussen... An E minus. Yes, I know you don't like Kevin Magnuson. Yeah, which was made. Well, he he's he scored three points all year. Mm. That's not good. That he is fucking. Well, he's he is effectively of drivers that raced all races. He is second last in the championship. Oh yeah, and that's behind someone who only raced like five times. There is no way to color him, and this is of one of the most veteran drivers on the grid, who's meant to be a sure, steady hand. His qualifying pace was non-existent. Yes, he got their only point in the second half of the season, but whoop-de-fucking-do. That was probably more in spite of himself in the car than some, like, oh my god, what a stellar drive. Uh, Hulkenberg helped by a good start to the year, and yeah, the qualifyings were nice, but I still, like, I gave Hulk a D-. I don't... I love Hulkenberg, but he just did a lot of this year of being like, again, does he really need to be on the grid? Mm. Like, really? Uh, I think I think both of these guys... It is one of the most uninspiring lineups I've ever seen on a Formula 1 grid. Oh, absolutely agree. This is very fair, but I, I, I do think both of these guys are suffering from essentially driving a shitbox. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But there's still been small glimpses of other guys in not very good cars at various different times where you're like, hey, I, I don't know. Just Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And these guys have had their glimpses as well. Um, That, that race that K-Mag scored a point in the second half of the season, he qualified, I think it was sixth. You know, these things, yeah, they have their moments. You qualified sixth and only finished tenth, though, so... Yeah. Normally, Kolkenberg qualifies fucking fifth and finishes 17th because he's shit. <laughs> that's not normally fifth, but yes. I know, I'm being hyperbolic, but yeah, that's that's my heart. Alfa Romeo, ninth in the standings, 16 points. Bottas, 15th mm. on 10 points. Joe, 18th on 6 points. Huge regression from last year when they were 6th on 55. Bottas was able to finish 10th on 49. And Joe was actually identical, 18 on 6. I know, right? (laughs) Which I'd argue is not a good sign. I also notably, yeah, way below predictions. We shouldn't actually, I didn't mention that. Haas, I had predicted 7th. I don't know where you thought they'd finish, but... Uh, Preview. I had Haas finishing 8th. 
There you go. Well, I had Alfa Romeo finishing sixth, Bottas ninth, and Joe thirteenth. So none of that has come remotely true. Quite. Which is why I've given them a D plus. They sort of well, they were ninth going in to the mid season break with Alfa Tauri behind them and Haas ahead of them. Those two swap positions and Alfa Romeo was able to just do enough to jump Haas but get jumped by Alfa Tauri. So Yeah. I mean if they'd finished last, they would have been in real dramas. But the car is not great. The drivers, uh, I've given Bottas a D. We went mm. into this season, obviously, he, and to be honest, when you look at it, Valtteri Bottas hasn't been good since basically like the mid-season break last year. He scored the bulk of his 49 points. He scored 46 of his 49 points in the first half of last season. So yeah. he scored just 13 points in like the last nearly 30 or like 30 races or something that's not great yeah and we went yeah. into this he's year he's always kind of there or thereabouts and again he is driving a shitbox oh he's driving a shitbox but yeah but it is just a point at that point like if you're not doing enough to like and i do think the car is worse than last year but oh, considerably I don't brother i don't know if i'm convinced it is so much worse that bodass is just now suddenly not putting on any any real moments of because that's that's there's no there's no like there's no even like you know really like Hulkenberg getting into Q three seven times or K Mag randomly qualifying sixth moments you know Hulkenberg almost getting a fucking sprint race podium or whatever there's none of that for Alfa Romeo or Bottas. Joe had that that, that just, one time uh, he qualified like I forget where it was exactly but he had yes, a huge quality performance. He, he did he did have the one huge quality yeah. Um, that's the only sort of that. Uh, and uh, nothing came of it for him, unfortunately. Um, so, but it's just, it's weird, because Bottas really entered this year, we were bullish on them, there was the whole, you know, basically adopting him as an Australian at the start of the year, and it's just, I don't know, uh, just a very underwhelming season. So I've gone, yeah, D- D-minus for Alfa Romeo, I've gone a D for Bottas, and uh, a D-minus for Joe, two, two years in. And I sort of, at the end of year two, I've sort of looked back at the two years and I'm starting to think we've been too lenient on Joe. We keep talking about, oh, you know, he's not uh, he's not really someone I'm being like, oh, should he be in that seat and that? But, like, re- really, yes, he has had some nice moments and things, but if you compare him to a lot of other youngsters around and that, and again, which are the which are the youngsters? Which are the youngsters? Logan Sargent? Are you having a laugh? Lawson, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say that. But Lawson in a handful of races in a car that isn't crazily different. Well, that Alpha Tauri, that Alpha Tauri had been improved to the point where it was better than the Alpha Romeo for sure. Oh, I'm not saying it wasn't. But again, so this this race season. Sonoda isn't all that different in terms of age bracket and that. Yeah, and he's only got one more year experience. He's got two more years. Oh, no, you're right. One more year, one more year. Thank yeah. you, mate. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. No. Um, looked a buy and a way better. George Russell used to look way better in a worse car. Now, we never thought Joe was Russell, but the point, uh, my point is coming out. We still kind of talked on that. And, like, look, he's not doing a lot. And the big thing is here... Is he doing enough that you justify say, you know what, he should have that seat ahead of Teo Porsche? Mm. 
I don't really think he is. He's because I, 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 I got to it and I was like, oh, probably Ewing's go a C or something. He's young, but it's like then I sort of thought I was like, yeah, look, he's at the end of year two, and he's just he offered I, he offered less than I actually thought he did last season, finishing eighteenth with six points, and then yeah, the car is worth this year. And so it's not necessarily bad that he's only got 18th and 6 points again. But it's just, again, there's just... Apart from that one time where you're right, he did get like a Q5, a P5 or something in qualifying. There's just not enough moments, like memorable overtakes, performances, where it just feels like, oh, yeah, he's put in a really well in qualifying, or where he's driven and, you know, just, just notable, memorable things. He just feels like he's a guy on the track most of the time. Just a so, bloke on a track. All right. Um, any any major differences for you in terms of the Alfa Romeo grades? Yeah. So what uh, what what I'm sensing from your end is you've you've come into this with a fucking with with the Grim Reapers like finality. Like I'm gonna fucking murder these goddamn drivers. Uh, no, I've got. I'm about to hand out some very favorable grades. You've been so disappointed at the lack of changes on the grid that you're like, ah, they should all be cut. They're all trash. Girl. No. Um, Most of my grades. Alfa Romeo D, they'd be an F if it weren't for their sexy-ass liveries. They've got some very, very nice liveries. Um, yeah, I, I have failed Bottas. I've given him a D+. Plus. Um, you know, that, yeah, like, it, it, I think when the highlight of your season is basically your off-field shenanigans, and don't get me wrong, he's been hilarious off-field, and, and honestly, and just, and just fantastic. I'll be bringing him up later in... Uh, a couple of my awards. Uh, but on track, yeah, I think a guy like him, a multiple-time race winner, you know, a guy who at a point in time flirted with the idea of challenging Lewis for being a world champion, he should be leading this team, and he wasn't really lead, he, he didn't really lead this team on track this season. He was more focused on his mullet than his driving. Joe, I've given a C-, minus, um, much worse car than last season. And he scored the same amount of points. So, if you think about it, that is an improvement. Uh, yes and no, because it depends on context of surroundings, but sure. Oh, context is always, you know, I mean, we could go on to the context, but that would take far too long. So, I, I do think, Joe, I'd say less highlights than last season, but less lowlights as well. He's, he's been a bit more consistent this year. I guess the main thing for Joe is, let's put it this way. I'm not, like, drastically opposed to him having a seat going into next season. But two years in, if we go to the comparison I made, Yuki Sonoda and what we were saying after Sonoda after two seasons, mm. I think Joe's in a worse spot in terms of what he's shown in Formula 1 two seasons in that Yuki Sonoda is. And we went into this year for Yuki very much being like, if we don't see something from Yuki, yeah, he's got to go. And it's probably up for debate whether we really feel that we've seen enough from Yuki for him to keep the spot seat, but we certainly saw more this season from Yuki than we'd ever seen before. Joe is absolutely in that position for next season, and I think he's in it mm. more significantly because I, I don't think I've seen as much from Joe in the first two years of his career as I did from Sonoda. That's totally fair. That's I don't totally think I've fair. seen as much as I did from Mick Schumacher. At least Mick ran into walls every second <laughs> week, and that was memorable. <laughs> Yeah, Mick Schumacher was in heaps of highlights, all for the wrong reason. Exactly. <laughs> when was the last time, outside of that weird start line crash in Britain last year, that Guan Yu Zhou did oh, anything made, memorable? That was scary shit. That was scary shit, but it wasn't his fault, so, you know, it doesn't count. So you're just saying that Zhou was boring? 
Yes. And that's that that's your argument for why he should be off the grid. But he's so handsome. Look at his cheekbones. Okay, then we'll replace him with Fred fucking Vesti then. Problem solved. Ah, uh, we've got a diff- we got two different types of handsome. Um, shall we move on? Certainly. Let's just hear Alpha Tauri. You get the uh, you get the juicy one, Deshaun. Let me hear Alpha Tauri and their four drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> so I got four drivers and a team. This is difficult, man. This is difficult. Taylor two. Taylor two halves this season for Alpha Tauri, obviously. Uh... I think there's a very easy one of this. What, what was your degrees grade? Yeah. <laughs> the F minus, obviously, he was shit. Oh, I just I just gave him a flat F. I, I don't think you really need a minus. There. I think he deserves the minus. He's 28 years old. He was a Formula E champion. He came in with experience. He should have been good, and he was trash. Um, and then I've given uh, Daniel Ricciardo a B minus. I've given Yuki Tsunoda a B minus. I've given Alpha Tauri a C plus, and Liam Lawson an A minus. We have okay. You've been aside from your grade for the team as a whole, mm. which I don't necessarily disagree with, but I've certainly held the first half of their season against them a bit more, maybe. Yeah, we are very, very similar. Really? So, well, give give me give me your reasoning for this Alpha Tauri C plus, and then I guess for the grades for the th- other three. Drivers, give me, give me, give me your man after midnight. Uh, Which man would you like that to be, preferably out of the Formula One grid? Out of the Formula One grid, am I not allowed to say yes. Liam Lawson? Oh, you're allowed to say Liam. Actually, Lawson. no. His partner is beautiful. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to ruin that. They should. Um, oh, maybe they're maybe they're maybe they're into three ways. Maybe they're into a polyamorous relationship. I'm not into that, so you know the point is moot. Polyamory no. or like the idea of a threesome? Oh, po- uh, threesome for sure, but not polyamory. I was gonna say like, fuck, how boring are you in the bedroom, man? Might have to reevaluate this friendship. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how? Um, I would ask the same question to you, but you wouldn't have an answer for me yet, unfortunately. Um, oh, I have a lot of theories, though. <laughs> it's good to have theories. Hey, look, it's, it's all well and good to have Austin theories, theories, but it depends when you uh, <clears throat> put them into practice. No, uh, so for Alpha Tauri, so obviously Alpha Tauri started off the season pretty fucking woefully. Far away, far and away the worst uh, team on the grid, with the worst driver on the grid at the time. I've given... Oh, they were a shoo-in for worst team of this year at the Yeah, half. exactly. I've given them props, A, for getting rid of Nick DeVries and having the balls to cut a driver halfway through the season. I respect that. Yes, because um, that was definitely their call, not yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm taking it and I'm running with it, all right? I've given them props for how much they turned the car around, like literally from a shitbox into a car that, you know, was competing from that, like, P7 to P15 range, you know what I mean? Like, we saw Yuki get a result like that. We saw Ricardo get that result. And also props for having to deal with four drivers. And every single one of them, barring Nick DeVries, who shit, have contributed. Like, they've been able to be very adaptable to their surroundings. Oh, yeah. And you know what? They, they gave me Liam Lawson and F1, and that's beautiful. So that's 14 of Sonoda's 17 points have come since the mid-season break, and obviously yeah. all of Ricardo and Lawson. So exactly. 22 of their 25 points. That's huge. 
Uh, I think they may have actually, yeah, no, no, they did. They have outscored uh, Williams in that same time frame, and they ended up yes. three points behind Williams in the championship. Exactly, so. such a close run thing. They were so close to P seven, but alas, so far. But yeah, they've improved on last year. Did they copy the Red Bull? Maybe. Who knows? For Ricardo, all he had to do was show something enough to prove that he still has it in him, and he did that in Mexico. Yuki. I think has improved um, enough again this season. Uh, whether that's enough to keep the other Red Bull candidates out of the seat is up for debate, but he has improved, and I'll take that. And Liam Lawson is a god, so there you go. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I also obviously gave DeVries a big fat F. I also had a B- minus for Ricardo. I think more nice. than comfortable enough in the comeback. It looked shaky the first two, but the stint, the stint yeah, post It looked the shaky injury, when he the... broke his fucking wrist. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that wasn't really his fault. He did that to save Oscar Piastri. Um, no, but it looked shaky in those couple of races before the wrist fracture, but he looked very, very strong post-injury. Alpha Tari, I gave a D plus. Probably some carryover from just where they were mid-season. I believe I had them at an F mid-season. And I just didn't feel like... Because I feel like this is a team that probably should have got the car a little bit better and more right in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to be like, oh, I'm giving them a boost for firing DeVries, I'm giving them a negative for hiring him in the first place. <laughs> he, he's that was Helmut years Marco's old. fault. Fuck you, Helmut Marco. You oh, idiot. so it was Helmut Marco's fault for his fi- hiring, but not his firing. How very convenient. Nah, it was Franz Toast doing the firing, I swear. I love Franz um, Toast. So, as I said, I'm not too bothered with... Um, a C plus grade. This is just where I wanted them to slot in for me on the grading curve um, of, of my eighth best. So they finished eighth and they were also my eighth worst team of the year. So like, right, that's just where I want to fit them in. Uh, Sonoda, you said you gave a B minus two, correct? Mm-hmm. I gave him a flat B. I think for as much of a talk, as much as I'm still like, I don't know if he's wow. truly showing me enough. I think, okay. If Sonoda was at just about any other team, and like even if Sonoda was perhaps at um, Alfa Romeo, and this obviously lies in the part that I am a little bit higher on Fred Vesti than I am. Sorry, no, Vesti doesn't that. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, if he was at, say, like Alfa Romeo and that, with Porsche knocking the door, or any of the other teams who don't right now have a, yes, hammering down the door kind of guy in F2, mm. I'd have with what I saw this year, I'd have zero issues for Sonoda probably being on the grid next year. It's just this the nature of his situation in what we know is the Red Bull feeder team, even as much as they try and pretend it's not. Yeah. And it's just the fact that you've got Lawson on the outside, Awasa on the outside, several more guys who are banging down the door who like, yeah, I probably aren't ready to go on Formula One yet, but it's like I'd like to see Lawson and Awasa have a proper crack before possibly guys like Maloney, Marty well, they axed a bunch of guys. Well, so I know Maloney's not even in the academy anymore. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'd, yeah, I'd like exactly. to see some of the guys who are probably ready now get that crack before the next wave get ready in that. So then we know of those guys that rather than just them possibly missing out entirely and us never knowing. Mm-hmm. But like, he had he had some real moments this season. That second half of the year with 14 points, the drive in Abu Dhabi, Fantastic. the drive in Brazil and that. Um I I started to see this the bits that had me so high on Sonoda when he first came into the category from F two. Uh, and Liam Lawson, could you just remind me what your grade was for him? A minus, lad. 
A minus. I've gone A plus. I think oh, if you extrapolate A plus for Liam Lawson. <laughs> if you if if he'd raced a whole season at this like extrapolated out, so he raced what four races? Yeah, five he races, was four, four, races. four or five races, something like that. I yeah. got two points. So if that went out and he'd scored eight, ten points for the whole year, I think it's more likely I'd be giving him like a nice solid like B, maybe a B plus kind of thing. Mm. But I just think in the context of what his thing was. Fill in for a couple of races, do enough to impress everyone that you can, you know, truly go. This was like what DeVries did in his one race fill-in. Yeah. So, so much better because there was actual volume. It wasn't just, oh, he jumped into the car on the right weekend. He jumped in and, you know, he only got the points up, but he was up there. He was up there. That's he was it. up there. He was going toe-to-toe with Sonoda every week. And it wasn't just he was in for the good stretch of the car, because after he got back out, the car kept being good. So it wasn't just, oh, it was a good weekend to be in the car, a really, really good weekend to be in the car. It was that car came good, and as that car came good, he was also good in it for multiple races. And that I just think he did, there's no better way he could addition. And there's a very real possibility we never see Liam Lawson drive an F1 car again. And if But if we don't, I think there will be a really big percentage of people who are here for this that will forever go like, oh, who do you think is one of the, like, the biggest egregiences and never truly make it to Formula 1 in your time? And we'll all say, Liam Lawson, because we saw him for four races and he was great, but then he just never got the full-time drive. So, A+. plus. Totally fair. Fuck yeah. Liam Lawson. <laughs> exactly. Williams, who finished 17th with 28 points. 27 of those belonging to one Alexander Albon. One point to Logan Sargent. (laughs) What the fuck is a kilometer? Uh, 17 of their 28 points came since the mid-season break, and a lot of their points came in the last couple of races before. Basically, almost all their points sort of came from, like, the back half of their first into Europe, Europe, like Belgium sort of area onwards. Um, uh, yes, so I gave them a B plus. I had Williams coming last. We we didn't yeah. think they were good coming into, and them and McLaren, oh, I mean, Alpha Tauri in the end, but yeah, McLaren and Williams were probably the big ones in the yeah. earlier part before we hit mid-season break, who showed ability to climb, and then obviously we came out the other half and Alpha Tauri yep. lifted up as well. I've given Williams a B plus, um... Mm. Not, not quite enough to be like, oh my god, A range and that. There was definitely still, there wasn't quite as much consistency as I would have liked. There was still some rounds, you know, some tracks in that they struggled on a bit. But at the same time, on, on their circuit, they really can go toe-to-toe in that. Like, not yeah. always over race. It depends on the circuit. Certain circuits, race pace, that, really good on the tyres. Album had a lot of long very good strategies. Some places like Vegas, the one lap pace was insane. Yeah. Couldn't convert it to tie for whatever shit, reason. But they brother, showed, it's a fucking they showed shit. The circuit in that. Uh, Logan Sargent, who finished obviously 21st on one point, did somehow manage to finish 21st in a 20 driver category. But four drivers at AlphaTauri will do that. I've given him a D. Do I think he had a worse year side by side than Joe? Yes. However, I do think there's a difference between your rookie season and your sophomore season. And so I've just got in that fractionally higher grade because I've, I've definitely seen worse rookie seasons. There was a couple oh, yeah. of moments that was like, you know, like getting into Q3 in Vegas and that. There's been a couple of moments where I was like, yeah, this is the sergeant that I, you know, I, I saw 
have some really good moments in F2 last year. I'll always try to remind everybody, this is the guy, at, at literally, of the two years he spent in the junior categories on his way up, the guy I saw give Oscar Piastri his toughest challenge was Logan Sargent when they were teammates at Prema in 2020 in F3. So I thought Sargent was going to ha- I thought Sargent had it for most of the year. I was went into that last weekend and it just all went wrong for Sargent at Monza in that final weekend of the championship. But I went into that weekend like I I think Sargent's winning this championship. I just don't think Oscar's going to get this done. But in saying that, massive improvement has to be shown in year two. Otherwise, I just do not think there's a justifiable reason for him to be on the grid beyond his second season. Mm-hmm. He needs to lift. He's much closer in terms of debut, like early look, sort of looking at this car to a Nicholas Latifi than he is to say, you know, George Russell scoring no points in his first few years, but showing us something we needed to see. On the flip side... Alex Albon, who I had finishing last in the championship, which was what a rewriting of a narrative. (laughs) What a rewrite. Listen to that. But like, what a rewriting of a narrative and that as well, just in terms of how much he's won me over as a personality and a driver and that. I've given Albon uh, an A, and I'll tell you right now, that makes him my fourth highest graded driver of the season. I've been super, super impressed. It's not really a spoiler. That's a spoiler, mate. You just told me who your fourth rated, highest rated driver of the season is. That's a definitive spoilie. What, what were we were we going through at the end and putting them down? I'm telling you all my grades for my drivers. You have no idea which three drivers are ahead of him. You just know that there's three ahead of him. I've heard some rumblings. Apparently, Ferrari has some interest in him. And, like, why wouldn't they? Mm. Be interesting to see who Ferrari would be like offloading for him. That's quite the rumble. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you have a crack at Alex Albon? Like, I absolutely think he should get another shot in one of the top cars, whether that be the Mercedes, the Ferrari, or the McLaren. I, I don't think we want to see him in the Red Bull again, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to... If as much because it's it's simply he sort of taught. As long as Max is there, the Red Bull is a car designed for Max's driving style. And I think Alex has basically sort of said, yeah, that doesn't mesh with his driving style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to see him in the top ten? He's been brilliant. That's um, yeah. Look, I, th- I think I think Williams. I think you have to kind of give them their props. They've gone from last to seventh. That is an improvement. James Vowles, Vols, Vols or Vowles, Vols or Vowles, Vols, Vols, right? Vols, the, the Vol man himself. I've given I've given Williams an A. I think I think their improvement has been uh, stark. Their pit stops are always on point. Their strategy is always on point. They always give their drivers the best opportunity to. Thrive. The only issue with the team is that one of their drivers is shit. Logan Sargent is um, an F for me. Showing nothing. The only point he scored was because two other guys DNF'd. Um, and there was a whole bunch of you know drama, if you will. Um, disqualified, not DNF. Yeah, that's right. Disqualified, of course. Good point. Thank you, sir. Which was. Yes. Yes, it is. It is indeed. Lots of crashes, lots of moments. I mean, nothing like particularly embarrassing, like obviously not Mazepin levels, but your, your Latifi comparison was pretty bang on for me. And this is a guy who obviously having watched in F2, like I know he's, you know, he's a race winner in F4, F3, F2. He's got the talent, he's got the pace. He just hasn't translated that. Um, he... He's lost every single qualifying session to Albon. That's twenty-two and zero. That is 
you know, that's some Russell versus Latifi shit. So that's kind of where, like, the Latifi comparison is in my head. It's like, oh, God damn it. I don't know what it is about Williams and finding these insane comparisons here. So, yeah, disappointing season for Sargent. Um, Albon, A, he's in great. He's been fucking fantastic. Kind of, um, I, I forget which track, Monza, we were like, ooh, Albon could flirt with a podium here. Uh, not quite there yet, but hopefully if Williams keep progressing and doing their thing, they'll get there eventually. So that's my Williams. Who do I have next? Fuck, is it Alpine? <laughs> Jesus, dude. I mean, fuck me. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, like, they weren't terrible. Obviously, but they weren't. They haven't been good. They... I already think your tone of voice tells me you're going to be probably a little bit too harsh on Alpine, which is hilarious considering you called me out for just like roasting Alfa Romeo. I'm giving I'm giving them a C, so they've regressed fifty three oh, okay, points. Bang! Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate your 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 positivity on that. They've regressed fifty odd points. But I don't think necessarily they've been regressing. I think more the field has been progressing faster than them. Which, you know what? Yes. It's, it's probably worth criticizing them for that. Like, you should be able to keep up with your McLarens and your Aston Martins, etc. But they, um, you know, they, they got a couple of podiums. Gasly got a podium in Qatar, I think. And, and, and Ocon got his podium in Monaco. So they had some good moments. They're doing their thing. But the issue with Alpine is obviously off track. They've been in absolute shambles. Um, losing their entire management staff, essentially. Obviously, you know, they're, they're sitting there and watching Oscar Piastri outscore both of their drivers, which is um, quite funny, to be perfectly candid. <laughs> it's quite funny indeed. Um, and yeah, obviously, Omar Staff now making an absolute fool of himself midway through the season there. But hopefully, Ryan Reynolds and Rory McIlroy can lead them back into glory for the drivers. I've given Ocon a C and Gasly a C plus. Um, Wait, is Ryan Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I'm fairly sure Ryan Reynolds is part of the ownership group now of Alpine. Is he? I'm I'm, I'm fairly he's, he's certain. Getting, that I mean, fair, that's that's hectic if true because it was fucking Rob McElhenney who had to convince him to get on board with Wrexham. Yeah. Um, as just a side note, if you've not watched either of the first two seasons of Welcome to Wrexham, I've just finished watching season two as of yesterday seriously get on board it is as much as you might have go into it being like oh i don't know about this you know two well one hollywood star and one uh his friend from tv that he's dragging along with him but it's genuinely one of the most like heartfelt well well put together um just really touching documentaries they seem both of them seem to have connected with the community so well so if ryan reynolds is involved with alpine that would be uh, a positive sign for sure, because he definitely seems to be one who, like, gets it in terms of being in ownership, not just, oh, let's let's buy this thing, make lots of profit, use it to, you know, expand my brand. Yeah, no, it's, so um, here we go, Ryan oh, Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, he is, yep. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, I didn't know about that. My God. That's kind of sick. Uh, Rob McElhenney. Um, okay, so Rob, is, I was going to say, Rory weird if Ryan's McElroy. doing stuff. I feel like they'd, they've just paired together now. Yeah. How good. Oh, this is this is fucking sick. Looking forward to the documentary. Um, but yeah, Ocon C, Gasly C+. Not much to differentiate them, but Gasly's slightly better in my opinion. All right. Uh, that's fair. It's okay. We're almost with that. I just think, yeah, Alpine, epitome of just middle of the road. Mm. 
It's meant that, like, for me, they're the sixth. No, they're the Oh, because I've got Williams below Williams finished below them, but I've graded them higher than that. But yeah, just like mm. if you're above Alpine, you've done okay. I wouldn't say you've had an abject yeah. horror of a year or anything and that. But yeah, you know, they are, they've been. The, they're the to you to use an old reference. They're the Andy Dalton to this Formula One <laughs> season. The Andy Dalton scale is your QB Andy Dalton or better? Like Andy Dalton or better? Yes, you've got a starting quarterback. Is he worse than Andy Dalton? Okay, you need to get a new quarterback. Mm. Is your team better, or have they in Williams' case not scored more points, but like I test kind of looked better than Alpine? Yes. Okay, you've had a good season. Are you worse than Alpine? Okay, you've had a bad season. Come back to the drawing board for next year. Yeah. I gave Alpine the C. I hear you with Gasly, but I don't think it's a big enough gap. I just gave them both uh, C pluses. Yeah, true. I think Fair at enough. times we've been a little bit harsh on Ocon. Like, he has been... Yes, obviously, Gasly that. But he's been surprisingly solid. They both found a way to get a podium. There was four points between them in the end. Ocon probably had a worse run of it with mechanicals than Gasly did. Yeah. Which plays a bit of a factor. He retired something totals. ridiculous like a six times or some shit this season. It was insane. Um, so they're just, yeah, they're just, you know, um, that, the big question for that team long-term will be, do we just absolutely want this lineup because they're both French? That fits with sort of the vibe of the team on being a French team in that. They're both certainly solid. Like, you know, both of them are absolutely, yeah, they should be in Formula One quality drivers. But you've got Jack Doohan now finishes F2 career, waiting in the wings. Is that? You've got Victor Martens about to head into year F2. He's a very real possibility he wins the championship in F2 next season. Mm-hmm. You've got a few other guys littered around. Miney's just joined the academy in that. So it's like, do you just continue to roll with these two all-French team? You know it'll be solid. They're not going to shit the bed on you. Or do they look to... Do they... You know, do they look at next season as okay? The top guy stays and the other guy has to go because look, doing Martins, whoever, could be worse than Ocon or Gasly, but they could also be the next guy and they could take the team to new heights. So mm. I'm very curious to see what they do long term. And I guess to clear that, if you were um, Alpine and so let's say you come out next. Say you come out next season, and it's a similar sort of year, and it doesn't matter which one of the drivers is, but one of them does operate at a slightly higher level. Do you? What do you do? Do you just keep running it back and just take the consistency and the known quantity, or do you make the controversial call to axe one of the guys to bring in whoever you want of the academy drivers at the end of next season? The end of next season, in a scenario where they've not like suddenly lit up finished third with Gasly fifth and Ocon seventh in the standings. I mean, it depends. Um, it depends on how much of a gap there is between driver one and driver two. But uh, both of these guys, they're still young-ish. You know, what, the mid-20s, mid-late-20s, I want to say. So they both yep. got a bit of a, you know, they've they both got time. And I think they've both had enough highlights in Formula One at this point that they, they kind of have that reputation to sit on. And it's it isn't really a sport right now which is ready for new blood. Like a lot of like we can complain as much as we want that you know no one's joining the grid and making things a little bit spicy. But the fact is, like a lot of these drivers have earned their place apart from Logan Sargent. <laughs> That's unnecessary. See, I I just 
I disagree pretty strongly. Um, over the course of their careers, and obviously, I think I think with with the cost cap situation, I think I think Formula One owners are more inclined to play it safe, um, because they don't want to be spending millions and millions on you know a Mick Schumacher situation. At least, especially with these lower teams, Alpine should in theory have the backing to risk it a little bit, but they also allegedly want to challenge for championships. Now, do I think Jack Dewan can help them do that? Frankly, no. I think he is a guy who's probably going to peak middle of the road, similar to an Ocon or Gasly at best. Martens, okay, but, possibly. But if you don't think Gasly or Ocon can help them win championships either, what's the point? Well, they're, they're, yeah, 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 yeah. Take the risk, right? Doing do at least there's a could. Is the, I, I agree. Do I think the odds are high? I'd be saying it's probably less than 10% chance that Jack Doohan turns out to be the guy. Mm. But... Ocon, I'd say it's almost 0% chance, and while I would have said it was like 30% chance a couple of years ago for Gasly, I'd say that's dwindled into single figures as well. I'm excited to see what Gasly does with a second year of uh, the Alpine under his belt with oh, a bit certainly. more specifications, you know, kind of guided to his liking. But yeah, no, if if, it, if the gap was really, really fucking bad, then yes, I would, I would, cut, I would cut a guy. For one of their uh, reserve boys. I, I mean, even if the gap's small, I think you cut one of them. It's just, obviously, the bigger the gap, the easier the decision is to make. If there's 30 points between them in the standings, as in one's on 70, one's on 40, easy call. If there's three points between them in the standings, and they're P11 and P12 again next year, I still think you've got to go get rid of one. I think you've got to bring in, I particularly... Like the Doohan scenario is interesting, and a big fact will be what does Doohan do next year? Like, does he just sit fully on the sidelines, or does he do a season in Super Formula? But let's say Martins wins the F2 championship next season, and both of these guys are middle of the road again. It's a hard sell to keep him. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, all right, moving on a bit, trying to up the pace a little. We got <laughs> Aston Martin, who. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Aston Martin, fifth in the standings with uh, Alonso finishing P4, Stroll P10, 280 points for Aston Martin, 206 for Alonso, 74 for Stroll. Eight podiums. We finally sort of reached that point. Obviously, you said Alpine had the two podiums, one for each. We're reaching the point. Alonso had eight podiums. Aston Martin had eight podiums. They're about where I thought they'd be. Year come in, Stroll basically bang on. Alonso finished a little higher than I was expecting, and obviously drastic improvement from last season when they weren't a particularly good team, although they did finish strong. Um, and obviously this is year one for Alonso at Aston Martin, right? He was still an Alpine driver last year, correct? Yes, yes, correct. Yeah, really, really good. Definitely dipped in the second half of the season, but recovered a bit down the final few races when they. Uh, took off the go slow parts that they'd apparently put on the car throughout the year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I went a nice A- minus for Aston Martin, A- minus for Fernando Alonso, which puts them both up towards the pointy end of who I think have been the best drivers on this grid next year. And I think Lance Stroll is another one who fits in that Alpine, Ocon Gasly bracket. I'm just sort of bang average. He's finished 10th. He's got 74 points. I don't mm. think you can absolutely land best of a guy for that. But, you know... This is a car that if you put someone who's just got a bit more it factor in them, you would have liked that's the second place car. And that just, you know, if he'd been eighth on 120 points, 
I think you're giving that season like a B plus. But 10th on 74, just a flat season. Yeah, this was only one point off of his uh, personal best, apparently, when I read somewhere. That doesn't, surpri- that doesn't surprise me at all. And yet, not quite there. But okay, uh, let's let's do Aston Martin. Yes! So you gave him A- minus for the team, right? Yes. Yeah, I... I... I would agree. I'd say B plus. I think they started off the season so so well, and then to to last check bounced did it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro, for sure. Um, keep keep that same narrative going. Alonso giving an A plus though. This is a guy who's forty two. Funny running joke. It is. It's hilarious. Alonso, uh, he's fucking. He's forty two years old. Uh, was probably the driver of the season early on, were it not for a certain alien robot man who we shall not speak of yet. Fucking yeah, fantastic, and has elevated this team one hundred percent. Stroll, I gave a C minus for the same reason that you just mentioned. Uh, props to him for for starting to think about uh, playing tennis instead. You know what? You could have a bright future over there in Wimbledon. Bro. Apparently, he was half decent at it. I want to see it. He was like a state level champion. Yeah. Oh no, let's let's give it a crack. Why not? Um, but also, it loses points for some of the whinging tantrums he's had over the course of the year. Like, don't push your fucking trainer publicly. That's, you just this like... is true. Does win does win points for the baller as fuck move of racing those first couple of races with a broken wrist. That is true. Good point. That that took that took some serious. All right, fuck. I'll give him a clean C. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Good on your lands. Yeah. Good on your lands. Uh, yeah, B plus for the team. Um, they came out team of the year. Quite frankly, first half of the season, but they've really fucked up their upgrades. <laughs> so yeah, look, wasn't great. Wasn't. And now what? What do we got next? We got McLaren next, don't we? We do. Fantastic stuff. Okay, so uh, one slightly better than Aston Martin. I've given them an A minus. They've improved quite a lot as well. <laughs> uh, nice, by the way. Get better out than in. I, I always say very impressive. Um, obviously, it helps. It helps for them to have two competent drivers. But similar to Aston Martin, there's still a huge gap between both their guys. Dissimilar though, one of them's a rookie. Yes, correct. But yeah, McLaren were improved by roughly 150 points compared to Aston Martin's 230 points. But I just I just feel like McLaren improved towards in the right way. You know what I mean? I'd rather start off the season poorly and end well than the other way around. So yes. for that reason, the momentum they've got going forward, the fact that their driver lineup is insanely young, as opposed to a guy who's, I mean. He's 42, for God's sake, and a guy who's just never been that good. You've got two prodigious level talents in your lineup. So I'm giving, I'm giving McLaren an A-. minus Shit start to the season, but they ended fantastically. Give Lando Norris an A+. The man is insanely good right now, um, and has taken that mantle from Alonso of being the second best driver on the grid, I think, uh, towards the end of this season. Maybe maybe in the conversation with your Leclerc, Sciences, and Hamiltons, but... I think it's Norris. Uh, given Piastri an A minus uh, for a rookie to have won that sprint race is sick. He's shown more than enough to prove he belongs and is already the funniest guy on the grid, um, which is great. Such a great personality. I know. He's hilarious. He's a cute little Melbourne boy. Shout out to Victoria, lad. Uh, quick thing around me by those grades again. Sorry, I like zoned out for the McLaren and Norris. Dude. You rat fuck. McLaren A minus, Piastri A minus, Norris A plus. 
Okay, all right. Well, invert the drivers, keep the team the same. I've got McLaren A minus, Norris A minus, Piastri A plus. Madness, madness, madness. I just this is this is the best rookie season that we might have. I was gonna say since we've seen since Charles. It's also rare for a rookie to be in a team this good. Ye- yes, and that is that is fair. Uh, Albon got to do the second half of his season in a Red Bull. Yeah, it's, that's that's different. That's Albon sw- switching teams halfway through a season. And as you mentioned literally earlier in the show, we know that Red Bull are a bit of a unique beast in that they cater their cars so heavily to Max Verstappen. Oh, yeah, but uh, Piastri is a rookie, weren't it? Piastri, at his worst, was even if he'd been that, he was going to slot in to an Alpine. Now, Pins a better car than what we saw Charles Leclerc debut. He warrants it. Piastri oh, is the he's best. Very good, yeah. Piastri is the best rookie to have hit the grid since in like my time watching Formula One. Like any of the guys I can think ahead of him, like possibly guys like Vettel's, Hamilton's, all of that. Alonso's all debuted in the fucking two thousands. I think he's the best guy to come onto the grid since twenty ten. I can live with an um, A plus for. Um... Piastri, but why have you given Lando Norris an A minus? An A minus. Yes. I guess mine is simple as I've just tried to look because a it, little just, bit just at... real quick as a qualifier, you think you you believe Piastri is as good as this, and I, I agree with you. But Norris outscored Piastri by over a hundred points. This isn't. A, I'm not impressed with Norris. I've just tried to put that. So first of all, grading curve. So I've got to give Verstappen a higher grade than Norris, obviously. I mean, Liam Lawson's on a side note. In terms of my expectations for them and performances they've put in respective to car and everything, I do think I like Albon just that tiny bit more than Norris. And I gave Albon an A. And just context of Norris in year four, five. George did three years in a Williams, right? It's year five. Good God. Yeah. Uh, that's fucking disconcerting. Norris in year five, and isn't he still like 12 years old? That's crazy. Yeah, roughly. So Norris Norris in year five to Piastri in year one. Like, yes, he scored double Piastri's points. I don't know. I, I'd expect that, I guess, kind of thing. It's Piastri. Piastri only needed, like, my goal for Piastri for this season, and I predicted him to finish 17th in the standings and behind Norris, because I didn't, and I mean, obviously, I thought it was going to be a bad guy. I had Norris finishing 14th. But my expectation, my look, what I was looking for Piastri was literally. Somewhere between, a, well, honestly, at the start of the year when I was so concerned about the car, it was just a George Russell season. Don't even care if you score points. Just have those little flashes, a couple of nice qualifying performances, one time where you saw that, just where we can go, yeah, look, there's nothing here if you just look at the stats on paper. But if you were watching, you're like, you can see, you're like, yeah, this, this is the guy. We got that. And we got so much more. And then, obviously, as the season would have built on, I mean, a bit like, well, like ah, the Charles Leclerc, where you see those flashes and it's some points. We got so much more than that. Yes, better car than those guys much had. Much better car, yeah. But he won a sprint race. He should have had a third actual Grand Prix podium. They fucking got fisted so hard in Britain with Britain. that uh, safety car. And that he had some real good moments. And he had a couple moments where he was going toe-to-toe, like wheel-to-wheel racing with... Some of the best, like with Verstappen, with Hamilton, with guys who we know, with George Russell, which isn't the same level of, oh my God, world champion kind of thing. But it's an incredibly dangerous undertaking. So it takes big (laughs) cojones to do it. 
Nice use of the word cojones. I like that. That was good. Whereas, I guess, for Norris, like, nothing like that. I mean, maybe Norris probably more warrants an A on the same level as Albon, just a blip above Alonso in my mind, because it's a sublime season. And that, I guess... I guess so. Maybe this sounds harsh. If he wins Singapore, I think I'm going to make you a really good case for Norris being my driver of the season. Right. But just without that ability, and that wasn't necessarily his own fault. We're going to get to the other guy in a second. But just without that little bit of converting, that one really big opportunity where the win was there for a non-Verstappen driver, just that little bit, he's just... He's just stuck in this spot of being like the bride. He's very much the bridesmaid of Formula One now. I guess, yeah, just just, yeah, just a little bit closer to what I'd expect of Norris, whereas Piastri has gone above and beyond even my wildest dreams of what I was. That. And Australian bias, the fact that I was just kind of an Australian and Piastri is Australian, I like him. I was kind of just expecting Piastri to, you know, flop because you know, <laughs> I just brace for bad things. But, like, look, you can happily switch those two back around like you did, and I'm certainly not like, oh, that's egregious. Roll on Ferrari, P3 in the standings, one of the more fascinating teams to look at. 406 points, down about 150 from last year. Leclerc down about 100 points, uh, 206 from his 308 from last year. Signs only down 46 points, but I would argue bigger drop-off in quality of season, maybe. Ooh. Uh, actually, maybe not. Maybe not. Leclerc did have three wins last year, which is I just always keep forgetting. Yes. Two, 246 to 200 this year for Science. They got them fifth and seventh for Leclerc Science, respectively. Notably, though, nine podiums for Ferrari, six Leclerc, three Science, but one race win, and that was Carlos Science. Yeah. Uh, I've given Ferrari a B. It was all around up and down. Those points of the seasons where you're probably almost struggling to give them a passing grade. There's been a, the last two or three races of the season. You'd probably have them barely below Red Bull in terms of grade. Yep. And it just kind of all meets in the middle, a nice, solid B. Totally not agree. the success story of McLaren, Aston Martin, Williams. Obviously not the domination of Red Bull, but nothing wrong with their season. And you still feel like they're in a solid spot to work to something next year. Leclerc, same spot. Going into the last... Three, four rounds of the championship. He would have been in danger of possibly getting a C for me. Yeah, he had a few podiums, but just not the season I would have thought expected from him, even though I did actually predict him to finish fifth. <laughs> yes. That's more just my own lowness on the clerk. But he looked sublime the last few races, like someone who almost oh, did okay. have the ability to go toe-to-toe. As I was, I firmly believe if Ferrari... Had it hadn't Ferrari, it had actually pitted him. I think he wins Las Vegas, and I'll tell you what: if he wins Las Vegas, there's a That's real a possibility I'm giving him a, not an A plus season, but I'm possibly boosting him into the A grades. Yeah, yeah, and it's for this exact reason that while I think you probably argue across, you're giving science an A. 22, 22, no, 22 of the 23 rounds. Sorry, 29 of the 22 races this season. Leclerc probably had a better year. I've given Signs the B plus. Ah, uh, yeah. Because okay. right. I think Carlos Signs has the signature race win of the season. Oh yes, <laughs> of course. You can, and it's that it's that curve you saw when I gave Ocon the grade I did a couple of years back. Because at the end of the day, he won a race. He 
his season was done at that point. It'd been a great year. You'll see a similar Clement Novelak will receive a better grade than uh. he won a race. Yeah, like I think so. It's a if you put that win on Leclerc, I think he's an A minus, not a B. And if you take that win off Science, I think he's B B minus, if not almost a C plus. But that one race win showed you everything that Carlos Science was. As time goes on, is he probably ever going to be a world champion? Highly unlikely because he'd need a really fortunate season in a car. Really, probably got to be the really the stronger driver in the best car on the grid. But he has his moments, and he's just such a cool, calm, collected, smart customer. Um, we'll talk more on that race in a little bit later, I imagine. But yeah, so B, B for Ferrari, B for Leclerc, B plus for Sainz, just purely because race wins are a big deal. And he's the only non-Red Bull driver to win this year. Yeah, which is mental to think about, but important to keep in your head top. What are we at an hour for? Jesus Christ. Yoke. Ferrari, 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 uh, Ferrari B, Leclerc B, Science B. Um, That's totally fair. I agree. Science has had a, a higher highs. I also think he's had lower lows. For example, um, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi. Uh, look, which is Abu weird. Abu Normally, Abu it's Abu the Abu other Abu way around. You know, like Leclerc. It is actually, yeah. And Science is Mr. Consistent. Uh, but this year, it's been a little bit. And Leclerc's qualifying oh, consistently pretty good. But yeah, Science has that win that boosts. And anyway, what a win it was, Matthew! What a win it was. Ah, I guess that gives me Mercedes. It does. This is a weird team, man. I don't even know. I mean, like, they've lost a lot of staff. They've... I, I guess they've improved. Hold on, let me check. Have they improved, technically speaking, uh, points-wise? No, they've regressed by 100 points, but that's just because Red Bull was scoring all the goddamn points. Yeah. Um, Team-wise, I just... I don't know. I feel like... Mercedes, it is. They flirted with the idea of being the second best team on the grid at least three or four times over the course of the season, but they were never quite there, weirdly. They were never quite the second best team. Yeah, there's prob- they probably have the least number of races of any team on the grid where you're comfortably, of the other of the four behind Red Bull, where you're comfortably mm. like, yeah, this is the second best car here this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And I would argue that they're the only one of the three as well, where you couldn't make a case of, ooh, is this car actually better than the Red Bull this weekend? And it's <laughs> just Max Verstappen keeping it in front? Yeah, no. There was never a point. Ah, yeah. And, like, towards the end of the season, like, Hamilton I've given an A. Um, I think okay. he was, he's been very, very good. He he did drop off towards the end of the season, especially in terms of qualifying. But, you know, he got his first pole in two years. Uh, over at the Hungaro ring um, and looked to kind of reignite the fire in his belly um, and uh, led this team to eventually a P2. This is the thing, they finished P2, right? They beat Ferrari by three points. So in theory, I should give them a higher grade than Ferrari. I, I'm just going to give them the same. B, B for Mercedes, A for Hamilton, and a clean C for Russell. I'm just going law of averages here, boys. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I am... Slightly higher on Mercedes, but I think honestly, you could put them anywhere in the range of what I've given them down to somewhere in the C's if you wanted to make that case, just because they are Mercedes. I went B plus. 
Because at the end of the day, they finished second and that. I don't know if that really does make them better than uh, Ferrari. But according to but... David Croft, you know, if you finish third, you get more time in the wind tunnel. So it's actually better if you finish uh, third. You see, um, apparently I found this out because I listened to a little bit of um, uh, the Abu Dhabi Boston Neutrals episode. Apparently, actually, I think I saw an article on it somewhere. Do you see, have you seen the clip of Ted Kravitz during Ted's notebook after Abu Dhabi or whatever? He like, goes around, he like stops, to, like talks to like some kid with like you know backstage like paddock yeah. passes and that who's yeah, wearing like yeah. a ferrari cap or something yes. like, oh you're fat and the kid's just like oh you're a mercedes fan yes and, oh ted took so you can tell he was so pissed because he was like no i'm not a fan of any of the teams i just report and it's just like oh <laughs> he did not take that well he was not but it's like yeah it so I mean, good so he's good. done it to you. Even if he's not, he's done it to himself. He has absolutely done it. To yeah, himself. Ted Kravitz is a literal fuckwit. Um, like, uh, it's, it was very. I found it very, very funny. Sky Sports man. Um, super oh. cringe, but the right amount of funny to for me to be able to deal with how cringe. Just because I was like, you know what, you, you mm. deserve this. You deserve this, Ted. Uh Lewis, I gave a B plus. I've just dampened a little bit down the stretch. He was an A for me, I believe, in the first half of the season when I was saying, look, this is weirdly. One of his best seasons I've ever seen. He's just miles behind Verstappen. I've just dampened a little bit. He he cooled off a lot in terms of what I've seen with him respect to like the McLaren boys. And just, I felt in the end he was a much more similar level to kind of what the Ferrari guys were showing. Like, yeah, he's 30 points clear. That's because he's not got Ferrari strategists working against him. He had the same number of podiums against as Leclerc. George, only fractionally, I think you're a little bit too lenient on him. C plus the lowest you can go without being a definitively failing grade. He just scrapes by. You mean C minus as a pot. Oh, did I say C plus? You yes, did, C yeah. minus. I was like C Bruh. minus. C minus. Yes. The <laughs> lowest, just just scrapes by a passing grade. I think George would probably put his in that. He's admitted that this was not a good year for him. Just nothing seemed to come together. Where I was tangling with other drivers. And then, you know, yeah, bad mistakes off the pace. Once he was in that hole, he took some unique strategy calls. And unfortunately, most of the time, those didn't pay off. But as I said, I do applaud him from taking them. When you're in that hole and you're not just sitting there like, oh, okay, well, other than that, you've, you may as well throw caution to the wind and see if you can pull off the Carlos Sainz winning in Singapore and something like that. None of them, none of them panned out. And that just sort of epitomized his year as well. Luck wise, like it just wasn't his year. He didn't do things to help it, but it also just, like, wasn't mm-hmm. his year, and it all came together. Because it's interesting. You say, oh, Mercedes lost about 106 points. Most of that, oh, it's just Verstappen doing so good. Yeah. But, yeah, like, yeah. I don't think Verstappen was really taking away Russell's points. Where, M- Hamilton was only six points off what he did last year. Where they lost the points is Russell point. going from a win and eight podiums to yeah. two podiums. <laughs> yes. He lost 100 points. It yes. was not a good year. No, it wasn't. Finalamo, though. Red Bull. I will this say, is, I, it, it, Russell's yeah, performance sorry, yeah. in the last race of the season did did save it somewhat for me. That was that was a yes. that was a good good drive. Well, as I said, we know there is a very like honestly, there's a potential championship quality driver in there. This is just this is a year that you're hoping you'll look back at the end of his career, and it's a real anomaly. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. This this was easily the worst season of his Formula One career comfortably worse than the two Williams seasons where he failed to score a point. Not even close. Uh, Red Bull, first in the constructors on 860 points. 21 mm. wins, 30 podiums. Max Verstappen, 
First in the Constructors on 575 points. 19 wins, 21 podiums. It's the fact that Max Verstappen has more than twice the number of podiums than any other team. Yeah. It's fucking cooked. There are, 20, there are 22 races in the season this year. The one time he didn't finish on the podium, Singapore, when the Red Bull was horrific. And he nearly made it onto the podium. It's fucking cooked. Like, it's insane. It's insane. Uh, Sergio Perez, uh, in the end, happily P2 in the championship, 50 points clear of Hamilton, two wins, nine podiums. Perez gets a B+. It wasn't great. I've got a lot of question marks about his standing long-term with that team and in the category as a whole, mm. but you finished a comfortable P2 in the standings. Can't really give him a low, low mm. grade. Totally fair. Max Verstappen, who held the longest win streak you know, in Formula 1 history in season at 10 straight races in the end, was it? Uh, I it was yeah. 10 straight races. I think so. He gets an A++++. That's four pluses. Yeah. Uh, clinical domination. Clinic. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna spot this around. I because I still I just I didn't change their grades for mid season. But you know what? Max actually gets the fifth plus on his A, and Red Bull lose one plus. So Red Bull get an A four plus. Max get an Max gets an A five plus. I think the fact that Red Bull didn't win every race this season, and that Max won the constructors himself is it's actually Max who had the slightly better year than Red Bull did as a collective whole. Totally fair. <laughs> it's so insane to think about, like, one man won the Constructors by himself, and by a considerable margin, too. Yeah, this is... Um, it's, it's an interesting question. Like, was the Red Bull the best car on the grid? Absolutely. But where is its true pace lie? Is its true pace better than Perez? I'd say so. But is it closer to closer to Perez or closer to Max? And I reckon it's probably closer to Perez. He is still a good driver. So yes, Max is in this best car on the grid. But I don't think this is just oh Red Bull gave and such for that. I reckon you know if you put take Max out of the car and I don't know take your pick put Hamilton mm. Norris Leclerc whatever in that car. I reckon it's like an eight to ten win. 16 podium car yeah max did 19 and 21 this is it's not it's not just that this red bull max is operating at possibly a higher level than i've seen anyone lewis hamilton included and vettel included operate at at a singular point in time in the 15 years i've been watching formula one. Oh, it's mental i'm not saying he's better than those guys as a collective absolutely not yet but although frankly he's he's verging on vettel but it's just, it's insane how good he is right now. He just gets shit out of a car that I just didn't think was remotely possible. And yet, here we are. The man is insane. Yeah, I I, I got to agree with you. Uh, mostly, um, what, how many pluses did you give Max Verstappen in the end? So I gave Verstappen five pluses and Red Bull four. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fuck it. I'll, I'll go with that. Five pluses for Max. Four pluses for the homie. Um, I gave Checo a B minus just because his qualifying that's performances fair. haven't been good enough. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. That's about it. I mean, but ultimately, like the team, they're killing it. They're doing their thing, and they've a historic victory for them. So, what is there to complain about? 
No, fair enough. Motherfuckers just be out here just like dragging out drama for no reason. Like, hey, calm down, you know. Checo's not that. He, he didn't do that bad. Okay. No, not at all. Yeah. Hey, there was obviously that point where I was like, oh, if he doesn't finish P2, Ricardo gets his seat. And I think he responded pretty firmly to that. Yes, yeah, he, he absolutely was to that, did. But he had some of his best recovery drives of the season. And the thing, it only ever got close when he um, decided to yeet himself in Mexico. Yeah, if he doesn't. If he doesn't do that, he probably beats Hamilton by almost seventy. So that's yeah, a fair shot. No, any cool. Tangers there. Well, let's move swiftly on to some awards, Jashan. Awards. Fun, fun. Fun now. <laughs> Don't say fun, fun, fun. You sound like a primary school teacher. That was awful. <laughs> Maybe I am a primary school teacher. Oh, oh those, ki- those kids are fun. You know what? Normally we'd end on driver and team of the year, but I think they're the two least exciting awards. So, yeah. Jashan, we're bundling them together. Give me your driver and team of the driver year. Driver and team of the year. Oh, look. Give me a drum roll, Matthew. Come on. Hell yeah. That's as much as you get. It's not that exciting of a, a call. No, nah, you nailed it. You nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, yeah, Max Verstappen. Last, last, last season, I um, I gave a special shout out to two other drivers who shall remain unnamed because this year, I, it's not you. Sh- there's no one else you need to name. Max, Max, Max. Super Max. Super Max. <laughs> Um, and yeah, Red Bull's team of the year. But I will shout out to first half of the season, Aston Martin. Second half of the season, McLaren. Uh, and Williams. Oh, put their season together. Exactly. Oh, exactly right. It's we got, we have a bit of a juicy um, situation up front. Honestly, put Alonso and Norris's halves of the season together, and you probably got driver of the year as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe Max is pretty good. Oh, mate, that is, I I think I think a non Red Bull driver getting like fourteen podiums on the year when no one else has more than nine. I think yeah. it's a good case there. So, uh, um, Landonzo. Fernando Norris? Fernandoris? Yes. Fernandoris. Okay. That works. <laughs> but I assume you're the same as me. Uh, yeah, Verstappen, Red Bull. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these are pretty straightforward. Let's be candid. Like, Oh, this is the this is the most straightforward out of Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. We'll move on. Next place I'm going to go, and I'll go with myself to give it out first. Oh, yeah, you'll go with yourself. Nice. Well, I, I go backwards and forwards. No, Most no, improved. No, 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 no. no. You're good. Go, 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 go. What do you think? Um, I'm giving this to McLaren. Normally, this award, you go from, like, progress from the previous season, but McLaren decided to put forward such a unique season that they get it for literally for half a season, basically for taking inside this year, going from the shittiest of all the shitboxes yeah. to arguably the second best car. Which is fucking insane. It is really, it's really impressive. Honestly, like uh, the, 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 what they've done is, is, is huge. It came, when it first happened, it came so out of nowhere that I think we're all like questioning how sustainable it was and that, or yeah. like, oh, is this a bit suspicious? But A, very sustainable, and B, We've heard no rumblings of McLaren having done anything dodgy. They just yeah managed to exactly. figure out the right bits to put on the car, which is yeah, which is sick. They fucking go nothing dodgy at all. I think for most improved, I mean, I'll, I'll pick a team as well. I will go with Aston Martin. Yes, Matthew, I'm still on the payroll, still on the payroll, darling. Oh, they were my, they were my mid season winner of it, and. Absolutely deserving winners. Well, naturally. I mean, fucking fantastic. They've gone from 55 points to 280. That's a massive improvement, sir. 
That a massive improvement, and I think it's starting. I think Lawrence is starting to make peace with the fact that he Felipe doesn't. Drogovic would be a better son. Yes, exactly right. That's the meme. Uh, have you also seen that Lawrence Stroll has requested to be knighted on multiple occasions? <coughs> I have not, but that's hilarious. So his his reasoning is that he because he saved Aston Martin and he saved all those jobs, he should be knighted. I've seen people go in for flimsier. Yeah. Yeah? You're a fan? You're, you think it should be Sir oh, Lawrence Stroll? <laughs> I'm not saying he should be Sir Lawrence Stroll. I'm just saying I've seen people go in for flimsier. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let, let the man cook. <laughs> All right. Done. Uh, most improved Aston Martin for myself. Okay. Uh, next up, I'll go... Uh, work... Our worst driver, and give me a secondary. <laughs> give me a secondary name with this one. I think is probably the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's just kick Nick DeVries out the way, right? Like uh, off you go, lad. You fucking donkey. Um, okie dokie, artichoke. Uh, check out our sister podcast, Four Man World, by the way. Recording tomorrow night should be up by Thursday. Yeah, no worst driver of the season. It's a two-way race. Um, and who do I think will win that race? But in this sense, they're losing the race. Because if you win this race, that means you're the worst driver of the season, so you kind of want to lose <laughs> okay, the race. Okay, Will Buxton. <laughs> Did you know if you cross the line before everyone else, you win the race? <laughs> uh, that's not true. You can have a time penalty. True. Damn it, Will. <laughs> Oh, my God. In so order you... to finish first, first you must finish. Oh, uh, what can I say? I'm just a Buxton bro. I'm going Logan Sargent. Logan Sargent's the worst driver of the season. He's All really, right. really, really disappointed me in a car that isn't that bad. Okay. Who's your, who is your other contender? K-Mag. Okay. Well, happily, I would be giving it, removing DeVries from the equation. I'm giving it to K-Mag. Yeah, naturally. I really want you two to meet one day, and I, because I, I honestly think K Mag would be a good guy to grab a beer with. I, I reckon he would. Oh, dude, I'd have a beer with Kevin Magnuson, no shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And that, and look, Kevin Magnuson, I, I fucking can't drive a Formula One car. I just think. Hey, you don't know that until you try it, mate. Pretty confident. I was, I was solid lower field. Uh, the one time I went go-karting, so... Oh, hell yeah. I've reversed, like, Logan Sargent. The higher up the ladder I progress, the better I look. Uh, I don't have high expectations. All right. Uh, let's go worst team at the same time. I've got Haas. Any any disagreement? Um, I... I hold on. Where is it? Uh, no, I actually wrote down Alpine. <laughs> For their off-track stuff. Okay, that... track stuff. That was such let him, a let him, terrible let him mismanagement. Te- terrible mismanagement. They sacked their entire... Technically, man. half of it happened last season. Sure. You can't hold the Oscar Piastri stuff. That was last... Sure, 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 sure. They sacked their entire management team without replacing any of them. Oh, yeah, not, nothing nothing about this. No. They started off the season by stating that they wanted to challenge the big boys and, like, you know, challenge for titles moving forward. And then they slipped down the grid behind two extra teams. Well, they finished fourth last season, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that's, you know, you hate to see it. 
Uh, and quite frankly, both of their drivers looked fairly middling, um, as is reflected by our previous grades. Whereas, you know, these are the guys that they put their, their money into and they, they, you know, they're backing to move forward. And you know what? I don't think Ryan Reynolds can save them. I mean, there was a moment this season when Otmar Safnauer, while he was still uh, employed by Alpine, said, um, he, he, well, there was a quote here. Where's it? I've written it down. There it is. This is Otmar Safnauer. You can't get nine women pregnant and hope you have a baby in a month. No one needed to hear that, dude. I mean, he's, he's technically not so, wrong. No, he's not wrong, but no one needed to hear that, sir. For the love of Christ. Yeah, look, it's a it's an interesting one to say the least. The worst team on the on the grid just for giving us half a season of Otmar. Um, but yeah, no, Haas is a fair shout. I wrote them down as well as well as Alfa Romeo. Um, all right, you know what? Let's go our first outside of Formula One award. We have two of these. We've decided we now give out on this thing our favorite non Formula One moment and our most our inspirational moment. Of the season. I'll let you take your pick of which one of these you want to say right now, Deshaun. But give me one of these two awards. So yeah, handing it out. This is, yeah, this is, yeah, non F1 moment. Uh, it's obviously Collingwood winning the Premiership. What a fucking day. Uh, mate, I got absolutely blasted um, with the alcohols. And, but I, I, did, I wasn't a nuisance. I was a very, uh, what's the, what should I call it? Well-behaved boy. Weren't you on shift? No, no, no. I took the day off, but I, I went into work to oh, watch it. Oh, good man. Yes. Yeah, you know what I thought? I just wasn't sure. Oh, fair My enough. homie Dan was on shift, and he fucking killed it. He was spectacular. But yeah. How much money did you cost the bar by getting those drinks for free? Off the record. I paid for a couple of them. <laughs> I paid for a couple of them. <laughs> oh, I'm so proud. And you're like, the bar is fine. So proud. You're just, you're just rolling in inspirational moments this year, <laughs> My favorite moment, a little bit of a tie, are uh, obviously the Denver Nuggets winning uh, their first ever NBA title back yeah, in Yeah, we both June. won things this season. How was good. was a really awesome moment. And also, uh, GC Kuss running wild during the Vuelta in September as Sepp Kuss became the first American in... Uh, depending, well, it depends how you feel about things. The first American to win a Grand Tour outside of Redacted since, uh, I believe, the 80s. Oh, actually, not to lie, since Chris Horner 10 years ago. Fuck, you forget he did that. Hey. What, a, what, a, what a suspect result. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Seb Kuss turning a meme amongst us in the cycling community into an actual reality as a long-time joke about letting, letting Seb Kuss cook and actually have a crack at GC, and all of a sudden it happened, and he won, and it was incredible. Yeah, uh, that was such a such an awesome moment uh, with cycling. All right, let's go. Biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. Alexander Albon. Obviously, I had him way off base with my prediction, but even then, him having a good year could have seen it. Him having a year that has so many of us like, oh, is he like the number one guy outside of the big teams that you'd be wanting to give a spot to in the big teams? I think probably. Never saw that coming. For sure, yeah. Never saw it coming. Yeah, no, that fucking fair fucking enough. Like, album was amazing. And yeah, you predicted him, what was it, last? Yep, last. So unreasonable. I know, eh? I mean, I predicted him. I predicted him 18th behind <laughs> characters such as, like, 
Who was who was the uh, other one behind him along with Sergeant? Oh yeah. Did you have Sonoda last uh, or nineteen? I had I I I, I had Sonoda last. Um, oh. I also had I had Norris finishing sixteenth. We I had Norris fourteenth and Piastri seventeenth. We were low on McLaren. Oh, McLaren was yeah, a we nightmare so on in the off season. Fuck. This is true. They really turned it around. Biggest surprise for me personally, I've got Daniel Ricciardo getting points. Um, not just points, but the the way he did it, like in Mexico. Yeah. He didn't really compete with Hamilton for a hot minute. That was really cool to see. It was like, oh my God, this is actual, this is like Danny Rick of old. Absolutely. I did not see it coming. I thought he was fully washed. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, like with the broken I... wrist and shit. I tend to agree. And there's, yeah, there's the argument that, who knows, he could have been a place or two higher if there wasn't the red flag and they had to, you know, yeah, proper run him exactly down. Right. Um, so, I think that's a perfectly mm. a perfectly good one for it. All right. I was fully surprised. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. Um. All right, let's go. You know, I'm going to leave those for the last two. All right. Uh, best overtake. Jashan. Hmm. Okay. Um, a few fun ones here. Uh, there were the two overtakes on Sergio Perez on, on the last laps of, I think, Brazil and then Las Vegas, back to yep. back. I didn't even think uh, about Alonso Perez. Fuck, that, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah that was a good one, too. <laughs> um, not necessarily in terms of uh, class, but in terms of, like, um, moment. moment, you know, like, yeah. Um... Ah, uh, Gasly had another good one in Belgium. He loves overtaking in Belgium. I've actually gone... I wanted to just to give this man some props because I felt like you were going to roast him on this podcast, and you have. So I've taken a Kevin Magnussen overtake on uh, Logan Sargent during the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, yeah, 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 I know that was in there. That's fair. That's fair. All right. It's a very, very it nice a, move. A good but not... Incredible overtake, but I'll, that's all right. It was pretty fucking good. It was pretty fucking yeah, ballsy, he, he lad. Deserves, he just sticks he it up the inside, and he's uh, like, no, not today, lad. This so, is me. I mean, let me read you this. When you overtake the worst driver on the grid, is it really impressive? <laughs> nah, man. Nick DeVries was still on the grid at that point in time. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I went Leclerc on Russell in Japan, all the way around the outside of turn mm. one. A yeah, sublime nice. move. He had a few good contenders as well. There was also the move mm. on Perez. It said last lap in Vegas was very nice. That was sick. But yeah, that, that Leclerc, Leclerc around the outside of Russell in Japan was a very, very nice overtake. Yeah. All right. Inspirational moments. I will lead us off here. I think there can only be one and if you have gone anywhere else and well a i'm very curious to hear it and b i think you're joking oh it's got to be the matilda's world cup run Mm. i've never seen anything unite this nation in that way before considering considering mere months after we had a political referendum that definitely did nothing but massively divide the nation uh was insane seeing how people you never even knew gave like two tosses about sport women's sport the materials anything like that were posting all over on their stories and it wasn't like sure was it that was a little bit of it maybe get on the bandwagon but i really don't think it was it was so much less of ah let's jump on the bandwagon this is cool and popular as it was just 
completely and like universally engrossing and captivating to an entire nation. And it's had knock-on effect. It's had a knock-on effect for someone like me, who is sports mad and that. I'm watching the most football I've watched in many a year. That was particularly men's football. Not really. But I'm watching in some capacity, whether it highlights to full matches for all Arsenal games, um, every single match of the WSL season so far. I'm watching international um, qualifiers. I'm fucking pissed off because... I've just realized I'll still be at work when kickoff between Australia <laughs> and Canada happens tomorrow in that friendly for Christine Sinclair's final ever football match. Um, yeah, I've, I've genuinely, in 25 years, never seen anything like it, particularly from sport. From the sports. Um, just to be clear, the most inspirational moment of this of the year has to be uh, in sport. Yes, that's the idea. Or um, just inspirational well, I mean, if you if you've got a if you got a big thing from outside it, I'd certainly like to hear it. Fucking Barbenheimer. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'll I'll endorse this. I'll, that also, <laughs> you know what? I, I endorse that. That also brought me footage. <laughs> that's fair enough. It really did. It saved the cinema industry. Let's be honest. <laughs> It was a nice, refreshing break from just constant superheroes, wasn't it? It really was. It really was. Although you, it could, you could argue that you know Ken is my superhero. Oh, absolutely. Uh, which, which, which half of Barbenheimer are you slightly more partial to? Barbie. Barbie I'm just Ken. It's oh, been one of the best songs of the fucking year. You're telling me number one on my uh, Spotify rap. So insane that that's number one. Shout out, shout rap. out to Ryan Gosling as my number four artist of the year. Apparently, off the back <laughs> of two songs, he's he's the he's come such such. You know what? Inspirational moment of the year. Ryan Gosling for having come so far from being a dead set liability at linebacker mm, in Remember oh the Titans. God. That that man could not play football to save his life, but fuck, can he sing and act? <sighs> the season that we go without you referencing Remember the Titans is the season that fucking hell freezes over, brother. Yeah, dude, it's never... It, honestly, the, like, CM Punk returns to WWE, but I'm never not referencing Remember the Titans. It's just <laughs> not going to happen. Yeah, uh, all enough. right. Best drama, Jashan. I think we both struggled to. I don't even have something for this, but you said you did. So what did you? What did you come up with? Uh, jokingly, uh, Taylor Swift and Fernando Alonso dating rumors. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's about the only thing I could think of that even like could be a fun one. But no, in reality, I think it's the Andretti saga. Okay, that's yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair shout. Will we get this 11th team? He's done everything correctly. He's got the sponsorships. He's got the money. He's ready to go. But um, the, the other bosses are like, yeah, 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 yeah. We won't do the money for ourselves because we are insecure little men. Let's uh, fuck off, Gunter. That was Gunter Steiner. It was perfect. I think, and this will also provide a nice segue, I think best drama. So Ferrari's strategy versus itself. <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as last year, though. It wasn't as bad as last year, but so that. Which leads us to our peak Ferrari moment. <laughs> now, I think there's some good, good options here, um, but I'm going to go uh, with Leclerc being his own strategist in Abu Dhabi in a desperate bid to secure P2 in the constructors. As a few people have obviously said in that, a good heads up from Leclerc, but literally. Any other team that is the team telling him, 
hey, Charles, this is the situation. We need you to do this, rather than Charles being like, hey, what's the situation? The situation is this. Okay, I'll do this then. Just insane that that's the way it played out. It is fucking insane. But And to be fair, this is kind of interesting because you've gone with the last race of the season. I've gone with the first race of the season because... They spent all their off-season, you know, they got Fred Vasseur involved. We're going to focus on reliability and fix our reliability. Do you remember what happened on the first race of the season in Bahrain, Matthew? Did they double DNF? No. Charles Leclerc. <laughs> Charles retires as a result of an issue with his control electronics unit, which they had already replaced before the race. Do you remember like this? Sometimes I don't. And you only like... get two. You get two control electronics units for the entire season, and they used both of them in the first race. So every time they brought a new one in, they had to serve a penalty. That is pretty fucking inspirational. When you think Genius. of that, that's insane. <laughs> All right. The last two awards, perhaps the two biggest in a year, were driver and team of the year. Not a particularly exciting thing to give out. Chishan. Give me your best race of the 2023 Formula One season. Yeah, again, this is a pretty, I mean, like, I'm sorry, Matt, but this is an easy one as well. Like, I, I was thinking about shouting out last of Vegas, Nevada, or um, uh, the, the Dutch Grand Prix as well was a pretty good one. But it's, it has to be Singapore. Not just because it was the only one that Red Bull didn't win, but because it was fucking... It was a thriller, son. Yes, I will, I'll get you to pause there if you could, vis-a-vis Singapore. But I totally agree. However, I went elsewhere, kind of. Because I have Singapore in parentheses. Because I gave Race of the Year... And in fairness, this happened a week apart. And when this happened, I was like, you know what? This, this, this is it because there's just not been a good race. And then we got Singapore and Vegas to close out the season. And it probably kind of redundant it. But I chose to hang on to it. I went with Laguna Seca, the final round of the <laughs> IndyCar season. Because it was one of the most insane races I've watched in a long time. Fresh, a new, new track surface. And it was just, it was kind of everything we expected Vegas to be. In just, there just wasn't any group. Just every time there was a fucking... At the start, literally like half the field crashed at turn one. Every time there was a fucking safety car restart, people would seem to just bundle into each other because there was just no fucking grip. And it just meant it was wild. Went on. Scott Dixon won. That's always a great thing. Scott McLaughlin... Oh, great podium. Scott McLaughlin second and Alex Pillou on the podium. I lot of oh, God had good runs. The double Scott. It's a field, oh, yeah. field dream. For me, but yes, I, I did put in uh, parentheses uh, Singapore because that was a great, great race, which leads me to best moment of the year. And the big reason I asked you to put a pause on that, because my best moment of the year, I've simply put the smooth operation. Ah, Singapore. very nice. That, that race. Very I mean, nice. alternate title could be like the power of friendship, but... <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. You Carlos Carlos signs winning that race with yeah the incredible strategy of using Norris as like a buffer, dropping back, giving Norris the DRS so that it was a Russell could not pass him. Yeah, and uh, just it was sublime. As I said, one of the best managed races I think 
either of us have ever seen. Fucking fantastic, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we've asked Lyrical about it multiple times throughout the year, but yeah, just, I don't And for me, as obviously a Color Science fan, that was really, really cool to see. Um, definitely some other good ones, but yeah. What about, what about you? Last, last award to give out, what was your moment of the season? Smooth Operator. Smooth Operator. I also was uh, thinking Singapore, but the lizards rising up and taking over the track? Um, I was tempted to pick that one. I don't know if you, do you remember the lizards, Matthew? They, Matt? No, no, I'm you, not sure. Oh, come on, man! All throughout free practice, we had lizards crossing the track. It was fucking hilarious. Nice. We do love. We do love wildlife. The best moment of the season uh, is the Bottas calendar raising over one hundred and fifty grand for Movember. That's a great shout. <laughs> Did you buy one? Uh, I haven't, but I, I kind of wanted to, so I need to see if it even still exists. It's, I, I'm fairly certain they've sold out, yeah. yeah. No, I'm sure it has. Get your... Yeah, Valtteri's got that good bot ass. He sure <laughs> does. You're right, it is sold out. Hopefully <laughs> he releases really some more, because, uh, like, why wouldn't you? Make more I'm money. I'm sure you'll be able it. to find a pirate version online. You, you, you can pirate calendars, can't, can't you? That's how that works. Oh, God. Lord only knows. But, yeah, no, fucking, um, yeah, t- not a great season on track, but like I said earlier, a, a very good season off track for Valtteri. All right. Well, so that is us done for another episode. Possibly another year. We reckon we'll be bring back. Bring some energy, mate. Bring some energy. We'll, we'll it's we'll the we'll end we'll of we'll the be, season. Oh, man, we might be back in the off season, and we'll decide whether that is episode one more for this year or whether it's, like, episode zero for 2024 uh we probably got to decide if we're honest if we're coming back in 2024 but let's be real we'll it may not be formula one but i'm sure it will be something because if you're gonna talk to your friends why not do it into a microphone re- up record it and upload it that's what i always say <laughs> is that what you always say no shit that is what i always say so for the final time this year i've been matt he has been Jashan. Hola, como estas? And to take a quote from the great uh, ABC3 TV show of our early teens, Roller Coaster, goodbye for now, but not forever. Yeah, nah, that's the most egregious bit of hyperbole I've ever heard in my entire life.